0: Charles Augustus Milverton by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatised by Grant Eustace, with Roy Marston as Sherlock Holmes and John Moffat as Dr. Watson. Sherlock Holmes and I returned to Baker Street late one winter afternoon. We were pleased to be back in front of our sitting room fire.
1: Oh, oh that's better, Watson. Frost is particularly sharp, tonight.
0: Someone has called in our absence. So has he. Who's the car from? Charles Augustus Milverton, it says. Uh-huh. What, do you know him, then? I certainly do. The worst man in London. Good Lord. Is there anything
1: on the back of the car? Um,
0: we'll call at 6.30. Hmm,
1: oh, he's about due. Do you feel a creeping, shrinking sensation, Watson, when you stand before the serpents in the zoo and see the slithery, gliding, venomous creatures with their deadly eyes and wicked, flattened faces? Is that
0: how Milverton impresses you? It is.
1: I've had to do with 50 murderers in my career, but the worst of them never gave me the repulsion which I have for this fellow.
0: Then what does he want from you?
1: I regret he is here at my invitation.
0: Oh? and
1: who is he? The king of all the blackmailers, Watson. Heaven help the man, and still more the woman, whose secret or reputation come into the power of Milverton. With a smiling face and a heart of marble, he will squeeze and squeeze until he has drained them dry. But how does he work? He pays very high sums for letters which compromise people of wealth and position. He receives them from treacherous valets or maids, and genteel ruffians who've gained the confidence of trusting women. Everything which is in the market goes to Milverton. And there are hundreds in this great city who turn white at his name.
0: But surely the fellow must be within the grasp of the law.
1: Technically, no doubt, but practically not. His victims dare not hit back. No, we we must find other ways to fight him.
0: And why is he here?
1: Uh, Because Lady Eva Brackwell, the most beautiful debutante of last season, has placed her piteous case in my hands. Lady Eva Brackwell?
0: Haven't I read that she is to be married soon to the Earl of Dovercot?
1: In a fortnight.
0: And Milverton has letters of hers? I- imprudent, Watson,
1: nothing worse. Written to an impecunious squire in the country.
0: But sufficient to break off the match?
1: If Milverton sends them to the Earl as he threatens. I have been commissioned to make the best terms with him I can to prevent that.
0: Soon afterwards, a clatter and a rattle in the street below heralded Milverton's arrival. A minute later, he was in our sitting room. Milverton was a man of fifty, with something of Mr. Pickwick's benevolence in his appearance, marred only by the insincerity of the fixed smile and by the hard glitter of restless and penetrating eyes. Holmes disregarded Milverton's outstretched hand. The man shrugged, removed his overcoat with great deliberation, and then took a seat.
2: This gentleman, is it discreet? Is it right? Uh, Dr. Watson is my friend and partner. Very good, Mr. Holmes. It's only in your client's interest that I protested. The matter is so very delicate. Dr. Watson has already heard of it. Then we can proceed to business. Has Lady Eva empowered you to accept my terms? What are your terms? Seven thousand pounds. And the alternative? Oh, my dear sir, it is painful for me to discuss it. But if the money is not paid on the 14th, there certainly will be no marriage on the 18th. I am, of course, familiar with the contents of these letters.
1: I shall counsel my client to tell her future husband the whole story and to trust his generosity.
2: (laughs) You evidently do not know the Earl. (laughs) I assure you, he will fail to appreciate them. However, if you think that it is in the best interests of your client that these letters be placed in the hands of the Earl, uh, then you would indeed be foolish to pay so large a sum of money to regain.
1: Oh, wait a little. We are too fast. We would certainly make every effort to avoid scandal in so delicate a matter.
2: Yes, I am sure you would see it in that light. At the same
1: time, I assure you that two thousand pounds will be a drain upon Lady Eva's resources and that the sum you name is utterly beyond her power. I beg, therefore, that you will
2: moderate your demands. I am aware that what you say is true about the lady's resources. At the same time, you must admit that the occasion of a lady's marriage is a very suitable time for her friends and relatives to make some little effort on her behalf. It is impossible. Uh, Dear me, dear me, how unfortunate I cannot help thinking that ladies are ill-advised in not making an effort. Look at this letter.
0: That crest on the envelope looks very familiar.
2: Oh, it is. And tomorrow morning this will be in the hands of the lady's husband. And all because she will not find the beggarly sum which she could get in an hour by turning her diamonds into pastes. <laughs> oh, it is such a pity. And yet I find you a man of sense, boggling about terms, when your client's future and honour are at stake. You do surprise me, Mr. Holmes.
1: Surely it is better for you to take the substantial sum
2: which I offer than to ruin this woman's career,
1: which can profit you in no way.
2: Oh, there you make a mistake, Mr. Holmes. I have eight or ten similar cases maturing. If it was circulated among them that uh, I had made a severe example of the Lady Eva, I should find all of them much more open to reason. Mm-hmm. You see my point? Oh, Watson, get behind your Yes.
1: Put the door. Don't let him get out. Now, sir, let us see the contents
2: of that notebook. Mr. Holmes, Mr. Holmes, I've been expecting you to do something original. This has been done so often that I have been forced to carry a revolver, you see? But would you use it? Most certainly, since I know the law will support me. Besides, I would do nothing so foolish as bring the letters here. And now, gentlemen, I have one or two more little interviews this evening, so I will bid you... Watson! I meant what I said. Put the chair down, Watson.
1: We shall have to find another way around this particular problem.
2: Don't waste your energy, Mr. Holmes. There's no other way.
0: Without a word, Holmes moved to his chair by the fire. He sat there motionless, hands buried deep in his trouser pockets, eyes fixed upon the glowing embers. For half an hour he was silent and still. Then he sprang to his feet and passed into his bedroom and it was as a rakish young workman that he reappeared.
1: I'll be back sometime, Watson.
0: For some days, Holmes came and went at all hours in this attire, but beyond a remark that his time was spent at Hampstead, where I knew from the calling card that Milberton lived, I knew nothing of what he was doing. At last, however, Wild, tempestuous evening, he returned and removed his disguise before sitting before the fire.
1: he would not call me a marrying man, Watson. What? Oh, no, <laughs> oh, indeed. He will be interested to hear that I am engaged. Hey, my
0: dear fellow, well, I congratulate you. housemaid. Hey, good heavens, Holmes. I wanted information,
1: Watson. Oh, surely you've gone too far. It was a necessary step. I am a plumber with a rising business. Escort by name. I have walked out with her each evening, and I have talked with her. Good heavens, those talks. <laughs> However, I've got all I wanted. <laughs> I know Milverton's house as I know the palm of my hand. Yes, but the girl home. Was... Well, you can't help it, my dear Watson. You must play your cards as best you can when such a stake is on the table. <laughs> However, I rejoice to say that I have a hated rival who will certainly cut me out the instant that my back is turned. What a splendid night it is. Will you like this weather? It suits my purpose. Watson, I mean to burgle Milverton's house tonight. Oh, for heaven's sake, Holmes, now think what you're doing. My dear fellow, I have given it every consideration. I suppose that you will admit that the action is morally justifiable, though technically criminal. To his house is no more than to forcibly take his pocketbook, an action in which you were prepared to aid me.
0: Yes, it is morally justifiable, as long as your object is to take no articles save those which are used for an illegal purpose.
1: Exactly. Sir, so I have only to consider the question of personal risk. Surely a gentleman should not lay too much stress upon this when a lady is in most desperate need of his
0: help. Yes, but you will be in a very false position if you're discovered. Well,
1: that's part of the risk. There is no other possible way of regaining those papers. Tomorrow is the last day of grace. I must therefore abandon my client to her fate or I must play this last
0: card. And I don't like it. But I suppose it must be. When do we start?
1: We start? Oh, sure. are not coming.
0: Oh, then you're not going. I give you my word of honour that I will take a cab straight to the police station and give you away unless you let me share this adventure with you. You can't help me. How do you know that? can't tell what may happen. Anyway, my resolution is taken.
1: Well, well, my dear fellow, be it so. We have shared the same room for some years, and it would be amusing if we ended by sharing the same cell.
0: Oh, I trust you've made enough plans to prevent such an eventuality?
1: I believe so. You know, Watson, I've always had an idea that I would have made a highly efficient criminal. This is my chance of a lifetime in that direction.
0: And what is that?
1: A first class, up to date burgling kit, with every modern improvement which the march of civilization demands. Have you a pair of um,
0: silent shoes? Uh, I, 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 um, yes, I have rubber soled tennis shoes. Excellent! And a mask? A mask. Well, I I I can make a couple um, out of black silk. I can see that you have a strong natural turn for this
1: sort of thing. Now, what's the time?
0: Um, nine thirty. Then we
1: shall have some cold supper before we start. At eleven, we shall drive as far as Church Row. It's a quarter of an hour's walk from there to Milverton's house. We shall be at work before midnight.
0: And what time does Milverton retire?
1: Punctually at ten thirty, and he's a heavy sleeper. With any luck, we shall be back here by two, with the Lady Eva's letters in my pocket.
0: Holmes and I put on our dress clothes so that we might appear to be two theatre-goers homeward bound. In Oxford Street, we picked up a hansom and drove to an address in Hampstead. Here we paid off our cab, and with our greatcoats buttoned up against the cold and the wind, we walked along the edge of the heath.
1: It's a business that needs delicate treatment. The documents are in a safe in the fellow's study, and the study is the ante-room of his bedchamber. On the other hand, Agatha... Who's Agatha? That's my fancy. Oh, yes, She says it is a joke in the servants' hall that it's impossible to wake the master. Oh, is there no one else likely to be about? Milverton has a secretary who is devoted it to his interest and never budges from the study all day. That's why we're going at night.
0: Is there no dog that might give us away? There is a beast of a one who might
1: contrive to do more than that if we came within its reach. Oh, then I
0: fear we are risking too much.
1: If we did not have an unwitting ally within the house, I would agree with you.
0: Oh, this girl Agatha again.
1: I met her late the last two evenings, and she locks the brute up so as to give me a clear
0: run. Well, I sincerely hope she'll remember to do so again. Right.
1: Look, this is the house. Ah. This big one in its own grounds. Close the gate again, Watson. Sorry. We want nothing disturbed from its usual panel. Now, over to the right among the laurels. We might put our masts on here, I think. Right. You see, there is not a glimmer of light in any of the windows, and everything is working splendidly.
0: With our black silk face coverings, which turned us into two of the most truculent figures in London, we stole up to the silent, gloomy house. That's his bedroom. Mm-hmm. This door opens straight into the study.
1: It would suit us best, but it is bolted as well as locked, and we shouldn't make too much noise getting in. Come round here. There's a greenhouse which opens into the room.
0: The place was locked, but Holmes removed a circle of glass and turned the key on the inside. An instant afterwards, he had closed the door behind us, and we had become felons in the eyes of the law. We moved through first one door, and then a second. I felt several coats hanging from the wall, and understood that we were in a passage. We passed along it, and then Holmes, very gently, opened a further door upon the right-hand side. Holmes, I swear I saw something move. Yes, you did. Oh, is that the all? Most quietly,
1: now on. Yes. This is
0: his study. The room was well illuminated by a good fire. In the corner, between the bookcase and the wall, there stood a tall green safe the firelight flashing back from the polished brass knobs upon its face. Holmes stole across and looked at it. Then he crept to the door of the bedroom and stood listening intently. Then he came back into the center of the room.
1: You make ready our retreat through the door to the veranda, Watson? Right. Holmes, what is it? This door is neither locked nor bolted. Something's not quite right, but I can't make it out. I don't like it. No, not Anyhow, right. we have no time to lose. Can I do anything? Yes, stand by the door. If you hear anyone come, bolt it on the inside, and we can get away as we came. Right. If they come the other way, we can get through the door if our job is done, or hide behind these uh, these window curtains if it is not. I understand.
0: My first feeling of fear had passed away, and I thrilled now as keenly as I had ever done when we were the defenders of the law, rather than its defiers. I watched Holmes unrolling his case of instruments and choosing his tools with the calm scientific accuracy of a surgeon who performs a delicate operation. I knew that the opening of safes was a particular hobby with him, and I understood the joy which it gave him to be confronted with this green and gold monster the dragon which held in its maw the reputation of many fair ladies. For half an hour he worked with concentrated energy, laying down one tool, picking up another, handling each with the strength and the delicacy of the trained mechanic. Finally, the broad green door swung open, and inside I had a glimpse of a number of paper packets, No sooner had Holmes begun to examine them, however, than we heard someone approaching. Holmes swung the door of the safe to, picked up his tools, and darted behind the curtain, motioning me to do the same. Only when it seemed certain that whoever had come in was sitting at the desk did I dare to part the curtains and peep through. Right in front of us was the broad, rounded back of Milverton. It was evident that we had entirely miscalculated his movements, that he had never been to his bedroom, but that he had been sitting up in some smoking room in the farther wing of the house, the windows of which we had not seen. Now, from his composed bearing and his comfortable attitude, there was no promise of a speedy departure. I was not sure if, from Holmes's position, he could see what was only too obvious from mine, that the door of the safe was imperfectly closed, and that Milverton might at any moment observe it. I determined in my own mind that if the safe did catch his eye, I would spring out, throw my greatcoat over his head, pinion him, and leave the rest to Holmes. But Milverton never looked up, and then there came a remarkable development, which turned our thoughts into quite another channel.
2: You're very nearly half an hour late.
3: I'm sorry.
2: Don't stand over in a dark corner so I have to shout at you. That's better. You've made me lose some of my night's rest, my dear. I hope you'll prove worth it. You couldn't come any other time. eh? No. Well, if you couldn't, you couldn't. If the Countess is a hard mistress... You have your chance to get level with her now. Bless the girl. What are you, shivering about? Pull yourself together. Uh, Now, you say that you have five letters which compromise the Countess d'Albert. You want to sell them. I want to buy them. So far, so good. It only remains to fix the price. I should want to inspect the letters, of course. If they're really good specimens,
0: For the first time, the woman had raised her veil. Holmes and I exchanged glances, and I saw he was as amazed as I was, for it was a face that we knew from pictures, usually showing her with a high diamond tiara upon her head. The name of her noble family was one of the most time honored in the
2: land.
3: Yes, it is I, a woman whose life you have ruined. You, you were so very
2: obstinate. Why did you drive me to such extremities? I assure you, I wouldn't have to fly of my own accord, but oh. every man oh. has his business. So what was I to do? I put the price well within your means. You, you wouldn't
3: pay. So you sent the letter to my husband. And he, the noblest gentleman that ever lived, a man whose boots I was never worthy to lace, He broke his gallant heart and died. I gave you fair warning. How dare you speak of fairness? When I last came through that door, I begged and prayed you for mercy, and you laughed in my face as you are trying to laugh now. Only your coward heart cannot keep your lips from twitching. But at least that night taught me how I could meet you face to face and alone.
2: I don't imagine you can bully me. I wanted to raise my voice and I could call my servants and have you arrested. But I will make allowance for your natural anger. Leave this room as you came and I will say no more.
3: You will ruin no more lives as you ruined mine. You will wring no more hearts as you wrung mine. I will free the world of a poisonous thing. Now,
2: now, no, be, be, be reasonable. Put that revolver away. We can talk about this little thing further.
3: The time for reason is long past.
0: <laughs> no interference on our part could have saved the man. But as the woman poured bullet after bullet into Milverton's body, I would have sprung out had I not been restrained by Holmes's strong grasp on my wrist. I understood the message of that firm grip. It was no affair of ours. Justice had overtaken a villain, and we had our own duties, which were not to be lost sight of. But once the woman had rushed from the room, we came quickly from behind the curtains.
1: Lock that in the door, Watson. Right. Then come over here and help me with these papers. Everything from the safe must go on the fire. Yes. Don't
0: stop the while what it is, right. get it all into the flames. Quickly, with that door will hold on. Yeah, there. That's the
1: last of it. Right, right. Now through the other door. I'll lock it from the outside.
0: I could not have believed that an alarm could have spread so swiftly. As we emerged onto the lawn, figures were already streaming out of the front door and down the drive.
1: Right, right, I'm coming. I'll
4: get you!
0: As I sprang to follow Holmes over the wall, I felt the hand of the man behind me grab at my ankle. But I kicked myself free and we were both over and dashing away across the expanse of Hampstead Heath. We had run two miles, I suppose, before we halted and listened intently. There was absolute silence behind us. We were safe. We had just finished breakfast the following morning when Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard was ushered into our sitting room.
4: Good morning, Mr Holmes. Good morning. May I ask if you were very busy just now? we not too busy to listen to you. Oh. Well, I thought that if you had nothing particular on hand, you might care to assist us in a most remarkable case which occurred only last night in Hampstead. Oh, Really? What sort of case? A most dramatic murder, Mr. Holmes. It is no ordinary crime. We have had our eyes on Mr. Milverton for some time. And between ourselves, he was a bit of a villain. He is known to have held papers which he used for blackmailing purposes. These papers have all been burned by the murderers. Murderers? Plural? Oh, yes. There were two of them. They were, as nearly as possible, captured red-handed... We have their footmarks, we have their descriptions. It's ten to one that we can trace them. The first fellow was a bit too active, but the second only just got away from the undergardener. A middle-sized, strongly built man, square jaw, thick neck, moustache, A mask over his eyes. Oh, that's a a bit vague. (laughs) Yes,
1: why, it might even be a description of Watson.
4: Oh, oh. (laughs) Oh, it's true, it might very well be a description of you, Doctor. (laughs) Well, I am afraid
1: I can't help you, Lestrade. The fact is that I knew this fellow Milverton and considered him one of the most dangerous men in London. But there has been murder done, Mr Holmes. Yes, I appreciate that. But there are certain crimes which the law does not touch and which therefore, at least to some extent, justify private revenge. Mr. Holmes? No, no, no. In this case, I find my sympathies are with the criminals rather than the victim. What do you say, Watson?
0: Huh? Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Holmes. In Charles Augustus Milverton by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Roy Marsden played Sherlock Holmes, John Moffat, Dr. Watson, Roger Hammond, Milverton, Steve Hodson, Inspector Lestrade, and Heather Bell, The Lady. Charles Augustus Milverton was dramatized by Grant Eustace and directed by Michael Parfit for Daedalus Productions.